What's up, everybody? This is Storm Batiste. And this is B.A. And welcome back to Made Men Podcast. Mm. Bringing you everything that we think every man should know, no matter if you're white, black, skinny, or fat. These are the facts in everything that we think every man of the 21st century should know about savings, investing, dating, and everything else in between. So, we are on episode 15. Hey, hey, man. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. Every week, consistent content. You can't tell me nobody... That's more consistent than us. Facts. We are literally five. We're on the final countdown to the dub. Five episodes away. So I'm super dub, excited dub. about this. Dub, dub. So we've been covering a lot of content over the last few weeks. We love uh, spreading it out, talking about different things, ranging from relationships to career uh, help. And then also, just in general, just things we deal with in America as men in the 21st century. So before we get into the topic, we're going to go ahead and start with the quarter of the day. Uh, Quote that it took us a while to come up with. It took us a while. Because this is a really this is a deep topic. This is so a really this deep us topic. A while See, to y'all just y'all listen, y'all, y'all bear with us. So the quarter today is the American idea of racial progress is measured by how fast I become white. Oh mm. <laughs> hey, hey, repeat that one time for the one time. <laughs> the American idea of racial progress is measured by how fast I become white. Now this right here, this is good. This is good. Deep. I mean, I personally don't like it. Um, you don't like it? Why you nah, don't like it? Um, I just don't believe in uh, conforming to, you know, what's white is right. Mm. Uh, never been like that. I was never raised like that. So, um, as far as like assimilation, nah, never been about it. So that quote line, it kind of like pisses me off a little bit. All right, let's talk about it. But, uh... One more time. Repeat it one more time. The American idea of racial progress is measured by how fast I become white. So, um, I don't think it's how fast I become white. I think it's more so how fast I appear to be white. So, I think it's all about adaptability when it comes to that quote. Not more Mm -hmm. so becoming like them or white people. But more so how fast can I adapt to the situation. How how, How fast can I be more accepting of accepting to them i guess no that's true it's a lot of validity in that statement what this means to me um and it, it just as it says the american idea of racial progress mm-hmm. is basically there's a, a standard that I, I believe white people have set to be quote-unquote successful in america whether mm-hmm. that's speaking a certain way dressing a certain way acting a certain way so it's really how fast can you, like you said, assimilate? Mm-hmm. How fast can you become like that person mm-hmm. so that you can become successful? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I, and like I, I don't like the word assimilate because that means to become a part of. Mm-hmm. And I particularly don't want to become a part of white America. Like I know it's um, a part of your progress, like it's essential to your progress. But I think like become. And adapt are two different things. Adaptability is something where you just um, you're kind of able to just know how to maneuver through mm-hmm. certain when you situations. Need to, when you adapt. need to, you adapt, yeah. But you still to the root of who you are. You you're still, still know yourself, who you are. yeah. But I totally become, agree. Nah, I'm not with it. Not with the shits. Nope. Nah, I can't be anybody but myself, and I, I definitely can adapt. But as far as like they said again, just stick back to the quote: Americans, I, America's idea, what they've kind of like put into place, and that's mm-hmm. what it is. Like people that are of high, you know, mm-hmm. caliber of success, have the coat, you know, spoken a certain way to mm-hmm. get to where they are to advance mm-hmm. in in society, and that's just that's a fact. Mm-hmm. 
So that me and you both know that. So before we even get into that, though, previously on power. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna get used to that eventually, but it's just it, it's, it sounds just like this. So let's talk about it. Last week's episode was crazy. Yeah, I really liked last week. Yeah, it finally like power finally got some fire up under their ass and put a good episode out this week. Um, Kendrick, man. Did a phenomenal. Nah, man, his name is Laces, man. Laces, Laces, Kendrick, whatever you want to call it, he did a phenomenal job. Like I did not know he had that in him. Who knew he was an actor? I I did not know he had that in him. So I said that. That's, like that's crazy, man. Like, like he was phenomenal during this week. Speaking Spanish too, yeah, like just like like he he was like a true New Yorker. No, he really wasn't. The thing is, is like Kendrick's character was how I feel like Kendrick really is in real life. Like just using the big words and just. That's what she's saying. (laughs) No, like, but just his vernacular was Mm. crazy. Mm. Like all the stuff that he was saying, it was still kind of going over my head. But I was kind of understanding what he was Mm. saying. But it was like, it's like he was just Mm. speaking. So what's what's the word when people just like conspiracy? Like he was just thinking. No, it's it's like he was a deep thinker. Like even when um I think it was like when Fifty was about to shoot him. And, like, Kendrick was like, you scared. Or, like, you real, like, you don't have a lot of friends. And I was like, you know, crackheads be, like, dumb, like, conscious. They, they really do have, conscious. like, deep conversations. Like, they be having deep conversations. But it's just, like, you don't realize it until, like, you know what? Like, you might know me a little bit. Mm. That's true. Also, uh, Rotimi is now partnered with the Queen's Child Project. Yeah. Hey, so, hey, hey, Ghost was dry snitching. Dr- he Ghost. was like, what, what Ghost said? He got a record. <laughs> He's still slinging dope. Yeah, Ghost trying to trying to call the kettle black. Yeah. <laughs> like, but now that, that's basically like securing the fact that now he can't really be touched. Like, So now that's setting him back even further. Because yep. now the menace is what was protecting him before. But now he a public figure. Mm-hmm. Right? Which sucks, and so we know Ghost is going through like this whole drinking thing right yeah. now. He's... Angela's back though; she gonna she gonna weather that man, storm. That Angela is a thought, man. I'm so and they make Angela seem like she's so smart, cracking all the cases. She was able to put A and B together to crack them in as we're here hey, at this location. Like all I know, all I know is the sex scenes are back. <laughs> when he Weird. knocked on the door, I already know they back. They're back now. <laughs> We shall see, but we know Tasha ain't gonna have no with Ghost no time soon. That might she be. With, she with old boy. Yeah, I don't like his acting so much. Like you don't? last week, he was just kind of he was too he was smiling like he was too happy for me. Like I was he, like he in love, man. You in love with this woman? Like what he cho- you remember how we touched on the the best way to get into a woman's pants is when she's going through a state of like depression. Yeah. So I feel like she's he's vulnerable. playing on it. She's, she's vulnerable, vulnerable right yeah. now. So he's really playing on that. And he's trying to get what he want out the deal. He got what he want already. He hit that, didn't he? Didn't he hit it last season? He did. But if it's good, you're going to go back for seconds. Mm-hmm. We both know Fact. that. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, just to finish it up, um, Tommy is really screwing up across the board right now. Like, not only did he get himself kicked out. Of the uh, the whole like Italian organization, but now his dad's kicked out, dad's mm-hmm. friend kicked out. Mm-hmm. Pops had to choose between best friend and son. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he would have killed the dude, even though he said the gun was light. I wasn't gonna hold it. No, he was definitely gonna. Kill they him. definitely plotting on Tommy. Like yeah. this is gonna come full circle. Well, um, I'm excited to see this week's episode. I'm excited again to watch Power. Like mm-hmm. usually, like I would watch it like when I first woke up in the morning. But this season has like let me down so many times. But episode gain your respect but back, last yeah. week's episode definitely got me right back on that bicycle and I'm ready to keep riding. <laughs> the bicycle. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we got for power for this week. It's getting better. So if you hadn't tuned in, make sure you do so. But so more importantly, diving into the topic of discussion for today. Really, really excited about this one because this takes 
this is really a thought-provoking topic. Really makes you think a lot deeper than most people are willing to go sometimes. So we want to talk about code switching. Mm. Code switching in the workplace, code switching in general, uh, whether code switchers needed to advance, and then mm. who it actually applies to. Yeah. So from uh, just from my personal take, which is you know that's all we can speak from, I feel like code switching is applicable to everyone across the board. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, is more so applicable to men of color. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, I think that if you're maneuvering through society, like code switching is um, applicable to men of color. It's, it's, it's applicable to all people of color. But it's just like, do we have like a solid definition? What What does Webster say that code switching is? You know, you know how much we hate using Webster's definition. Miriam, but <laughs> Miriam be fucking all the way up. <laughs> but go ahead. Anyway, the definition, uh, based off of what we found, was that the the code switching is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or a variety of languages in conversation. I'm actually surprised that Miriam. Uh, has this definition of code switching because it just seems like why like why why would they have this definition that like do you feel like everybody code switch I feel like to a degree we all do code switch okay like but I feel like people don't really understand what code switching is mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes when you say oh yeah I'm code switching when really you like talking down to somebody <laughs> like yeah. or you want them to step up to your level or you're not gonna respect them or you're the being fake or you quote unquote being fake mm-hmm. right so let's talk about it I want to know the difference between all these things that people assume to be one thing or another so when did you find out what code switching was okay okay yeah like when did you realize like I need to code switch mm-hmm. when did you, well first when did you realize what code switching was okay and secondly like when did you realize that you needed to code switch hmm so I'm gonna be honest uh, with this it's really hard to say when I actually realized because I had been cold switching for a long time. I just didn't realize mm-hmm. I was cold switching because mm-hmm. I was kind of born into it. I went to private school my entire life mm-hmm. up until high school where I didn't realize that a lot of people talk a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of people that have slang, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that don't talk necessarily like any of the, the way that I was used to doing it. But I did notice in my mom, I can thank her for this. My mom is probably the master of cold switching. Because mm-hmm. my mom, would, the way she would speak to us when we were at home was way different from the way she would talk to people when we were at school or at work on the telephone. Like, if you called my mom today, you would honestly think my mom was white. Mm-hmm. Like, if she didn't know you and she just got on the phone, she's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, it's just like, I don't even know who you are right now. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's who she is on the phone with you. But when it's at home, she's like, pick this shit up. You know, she just <laughs> like, she puts, some, puts some bass in the voice. And it's like, all right, like, we know. Why you fronting? Like, that ain't you. <laughs> But once I realized, like, that I really had to keep doing, like, the code switching thing, once I realized what it was and that there mm-hmm. was a difference between how people talked, like, everybody doesn't speak the same way, I, I want to say, honestly, I started really code switching when I got an internship. Uh, what was this? This was in college. Mm-hmm. Because I had already kind of spoken one way. Remember that? Like, I was already kind of articulate, well-spoken. What was the company? So, it wasn't a company. I worked for, uh, I interned at the mayor's uh, office, ah, in the mayor's office, and... 
I can see you. I was the only black person. I can see that in politics. I was definitely the only. So everything I said, I was real, you know, well spoken, articulate. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, sir. Yeah, we um, you know, had to put on the voice. So it was just the voice. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. What about you though? Did you uh, do you remember when you first started? You from Chicago, so I'm sure. You yeah, might... like um, I feel like I grew up in a really insulated environment. Um, I think my first uh, my first interaction with code switching would probably have to be it's a couple of it's a couple of layers to my code switching but my first one was probably my cousin so my cousin is mixed right my cousin is he's he's living his his mother his mother is black my auntie and um his father is white right so like he would come and visit us in chicago but we could not relate to this dude. Like he was playing with Transformers. We was trying to play. What's wrong with we, Transformers? We was trying man? to play Uno, and um, he was uh, he was just like he just like did not mess with us because we weren't into the same things that he went he was into. So like one day, I just decided to buy a Transformer, and after that, it was a wrap. Like we was best friends after that. So it was just kind of like it was weird because it's just like. I tried to like meet him on his level because it's just like yo, you family. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to like have a connection with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, all right, I'm gonna buy a transformer, and we end up bonding after that. My second interaction with cold switching was uh, my junior, my sophomore year of high school. Okay. I had went to all boys school, and majority of it was white. It was all all boys Catholic school, and um, in there, like it was just like. It was just survival. Like I just really like had to like stand on like my blackness. I felt like because you know it was like all white school, huh? Yeah, it was like it was like maybe like five, maybe six percent black, mm. and uh, it was like two percent Latino. So it was just kind of like um, it was full of white people, and I just found I just felt like all white people that were always trying to test you, like the teachers, the students. Like, you were constantly tested. So, it wasn't even really no code switching going on. It was just like, yo, this is where I'm from. Like, I'll beat your ass, like, if you even try to try me. So, it's just like, in that in that like time, in that time, and I had gotten into a fight, of course, at that school with a black student, of course. But, um. Wow. <laughs> but, um. Wow, that's just like, how, that's how it happened. But it was just like, like, white people would try to, like, try to char- try you all the time, like, using the N-word on the football field. Mm-hmm. It was always, like, you're fast because you're black. Mm-hmm. And I'd just be, like, and I'd just be ignorant to it, like, nah, like, fight me. Like, mm-hmm. like stop talking. Like, you, you doing all this talking. Like, nah, let's let's take it to the square. Mm-hmm. So, it was just, like, it wasn't really cold switching. It was more so, like, I was on my, like, defending myself, defending my blackness, defending where I'm from. Um, so you weren't trying to meet them where they were. I wasn't was trying like, to meet nobody these, where they were. I was just like, yo, 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 I was like, yo, you're white. You're not more. Af- like I was, I was very ignorant back then. So it was just like, you're white. You're not stronger than me. You're not faster than me. So what's good? Like you're not about to try me for this position. <laughs> had a lot of uh, yeah. anger built yeah, up. Yeah, nah, I was an angry dude back then. <laughs> but it was just, it was just a weird time for me. I was, and then when I finally like really understood code switching was probably college because I went to a PWI mm-hmm. in the middle of Indiana. So it was just like nothing but oh, white you people. You had to like, you had to adjust. Yeah. So like my freshman and sophomore year, I really had to like, you know, it was it was I, it was a culture shock because it was still getting those comments like, "Yo, you're you're only like, yeah, you're, you're fast because you're uh-huh. black. You passed the conditioning test because I was an athlete too. So it was like, I passed the conditioning test because I'm black. I feel so like I feel like, like, a, like every. Every black person's probably had like those like either you can yeah. rap, you fat, you know, you fast, you strong, or you can mm. do something extra athletic. Yeah, and or I, dance. Like every, every black dude can dance. Exactly. Like, and I was on like special ability uh, scholarship. That's what they called it. 
and um, special abilities. Yeah, like because I was an athlete, so it's just like the school couldn't technically give out scholarships. Oh, that's so they I call never it heard special that, yeah. ability. And um, basically, I had to kind of like rub it off. Like I had to just laugh. I had to start just laughing at stuff because I knew that if I was to get into a fight with somebody, that's detrimental yeah, to my scholarship. Yeah, yeah, you looked at the bigger picture. So that, that's when I had to start kind of like looking at the thing, like at, looking at the cup full. Not what? half full. I had to look at this shit full all the time. So it's just like, I got, I don't want to go back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like, I don't want to jeopardize my scholarship. So it's just like, let me really think about the way I need to handle this situation. So I used to just like laugh stuff off in college. Like, yeah, 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 yeah probably, you're probably right. But it was just like... So you still weren't really facing it first head no, on? No, I wasn't was facing like, it head on. I didn't start facing it head on until my sophomore year. Because when white people came around my freshman year, I used to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, yo, you can't relate to me. You don't understand me. Like, I'm not about to even try to talk to you about nothing. Right. But my sophomore year, I realized, like, listen, like, I got class with these people. They gonna be in you groups got, with yeah, me. Yeah, you gonna have to I really gotta, like, I gotta... And then my mama told me straight up, like, listen, like... The world ain't all black, right? Like the real world. Like once you're done with college, like the world ain't all black. You get a lot okay? less black, yeah. So it's just like you're gonna have to learn how how to maneuver through these uh through society, and this is the perfect place for you to learn how to do that. And um, so you know, like I started like trying to interact. Like of course it was like super awkward at first. Like mm-hmm. it was just like I was trying to have conversation with him, and it would just stop. But I had three words, and it just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> But um, after that, it started to become more natural because I just yeah. started to understand like that they're just people. Mm-hmm. So like you either connect with people or you don't connect with people. So I was able to start like I would kind of like mimic the stuff they do, say the things they say. Like awesome. Like before I came to college, I was not saying awesome and nothing. <laughs> I was not saying awesome for nothing. So you just you would hear words that they would say. Yeah, different like, people, and then you would just you would start saying those words, and it's not like you was just like changing who you were, but you was like adapting. Yeah, like like when like when cool story, bro. The when that when that was Yo, super popular, that. when that was super popular, I used to start saying cool story, that. Just bro. The, yeah, it's cool Tell story, it bro. Yeah, and it was just like stuff like that. I used to mm-hmm. pick up on little things like that. And I was like, all right, this is like, cause I'm, cause I'm, I'm nat- I'm naturally goofy. I have a, I have a dry sense of, sense of humor, but I'm goofy. Mm-hmm. So it's just like for me to just like make them laugh or whatever. I'll do that. Now I wasn't the joker. Like I was I about to say, cause that's I another one of those stereotypes. I wasn't, I wasn't like the life of the party. I wasn't the show, but it's just like I'll say like goofy stuff to make them laugh, mm-hmm. and it'd be like, all right, cool. Like he's cool. So I just kind of understood that, like, if I'm gonna be around him for four years, I need to like start learning how to talk to them, understanding like where they come from, things like that. Mm-hmm. Code switching is was such a learning process for me. Like mm-hmm. it's constantly a learning process. So it's yeah, just it's like just it's a learning process yeah. for us all and the, and the thing about it is that code switching never goes away. Mm-hmm. It's just something you grow in. And then another thing is like I realize that it's just easier if you just know how to talk to people. Yeah. Like if you meet people where they are, like you don't have to spend as much energy doing that. Yeah. You just adapt to the situation. So Appreciate that. Like, I mean, it's it's good because we both learned in two different two different ways. Mm-hmm. I grew up with it, so I didn't even really realize when I was doing it. I still do it today. Mm-hmm. Now I'm fully conscious of, of the fact that I do it on a daily basis. Like every day when I'm going to work, mm-hmm. it's always a cold switch. And it's not like I'm not being myself. It's just like I'm meeting people where they are because I know that they have something that I need mm-hmm. most times. And it's just like people relate to you more if they feel like you can relate to them. Like so. Uh, I guess like just 
just speaking in general for at work, I'll just use that as an example. So when I'm at work and versus when I'm just talking to you or just somebody I meet at the house, I'm like, yo, I'm like, what's up? Well, I mean, what, what's good? I'm saying stuff like that, slang and like whatever it is. But when I'm at work, it's like you all are, hey, how are you? Or yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm great. You know, and it's not like I'm not being myself. It's just you have to articulate yourself yeah. more because yeah. because you're black. People never look at you eye to eye. It's always like they're a little bit above you and they're looking kind of down until they see that. Wait a minute, he's he's smart. He he's speaks smart, well. He, he comes with his own like, ideas. Yeah, he dresses yeah. well. Yeah. He gets more. He's getting paid more. To, you know, he's yeah. the manager around. So it's just like. And I think like it surprises white people a lot of time, and they don't even realize subconsciously it surprises them. Like, yeah. oh, he's actually and like you a good see person. It, and you see it on yeah. their face and in their actions because then they start treating you differently. Yeah, they start like coming up to you, <laughs> cracking jokes. It's not even being, the same. Yeah, like it's just different. <laughs> do you have to do you have the code switch whenever you're in the workplace too? Always. I know you work with a ton of different people. Like yeah, I think the good thing about um, where I work right now is like everybody's around our age. Of course, I work with the majority white okay. people. Okay, so but you work with younger like, people too. Everybody's like around in that twenty-seven to like thirty-three, thirty-four range, something like that. So like we're all able to kind of relate to each other. So it's just like when I do like kind of like just get too comfortable sometimes, and I might throw an ain't. Mm-hmm. Out there, something like Ooh. that. Everybody, everybody's not like, oh my god, like, oh my god, he said ain't, or oh my god, he can't articulate mm-hmm. and stuff because it's just like at the end of the day, like I'm just comfortable with y'all, like mm-hmm. it's just cool. But and you um, usually know who you can, yeah. Talk but you to know, like, like, ways, like yeah. even with my manager, like I'm still like on a very like, like she's uh she's a per- she's a person of color, and it's just like even with her, like it's just like I'm still like on some like professional like. We ain't just goofing around talking about mm-hmm. everything that's going on in pop culture. Like we still like still like. Here's what I've been doing this week. Mm. Still <laughs> keeping it together, keeping it professional. And I, she's like, "Here's what you need to do in this upcoming week." Like we're not we're not like buddy buddy, nothing it, like that. And you know, with some people, it just it has to it has to be like that. You know, like it doesn't matter if they they look the same as you, if they came from the same place. When you're in that workplace, in that work environment, yeah. Just certain things yeah. that have to be done certain ways. Like I'm, I don't care if my boss is black. Like I'm not gonna come up to like, what's good, but you know, mm. how you doing? It's still, mm. hey, how how are you? Yeah, I did this this week. I'm working to mm. do this. And sometimes you might have a boss that's kind of cool and more laid yeah. back. But the most important part is reading the situation and adapting to that person. That's yeah. where the whole code switching aspect comes into play. And I think it's also like the nonverbal cues too. Like code switching isn't just about the language that you speak. It's also about those nonverbal cues that you give off. Like I have a very, 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 very serious face. No, nah, you do. So it's <laughs> you just always like, look like you want to fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like everybody like people, and that's automatically a turn off. Like it's mm-hmm. it's sort of like you know first impression. People look at the way that you look. Yeah. So it's just like I have a very serious face. So when that happens, like it's just like everybody's automatically like turned off or trying to fill out like mm-hmm. the type of person that I am. So it's just like I try to control that, and it's been days where I came from work and my face was just hurting from smiling all day, and it's just like man, welcome to the club. It's every day for like, most people. Like little things like that, like you have to realize, like code switching is like it's it's it can sometimes be exhausting in my opinion, mm-hmm. but um I think that um it's necessary. It's necessary, definitely. So, all right, so we code switching is definitely necessary, especially for um. Well, I think it is for advancement, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I think I think we skipped over something. So, what about those black people in the workspace that you can't code switch with? Oh, okay, we can go. Okay, so <laughs> I look at people as just 
people like and I, and I look at everybody as their own individual person. I don't assume because you're black that mm-hmm. you're gonna be mm-hmm. quote unquote woke or down or whatever. I talk to you first. I have a conversation. I see where you are, mm-hmm. and then I meet you there. So if I'm like, "What's up?" and I try to dap you up, and then you just come in with a straight like handshake. <laughs> then I'm going to know automatically, okay, yeah. maybe this is not that kind of relationship. Yeah. So I'm not going to make that mistake again. If I'm talking to you and I'm like, yo, you heard about, you know, so-and-so happening, then you're just like, um, no, I don't I don't think I heard about that. Um, But I'll, I'll keep a lookout if I do. <laughs> then, I'm, then I'm definitely going to know that, okay, maybe he's not that guy. I'm still going to respect you in every yes, but I'm not going to treat you. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to... Hey, right back to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that um, when it comes to any black person in the workplace, it's still a thorough vetting process. Like, I have to see where you from. Like, we gonna go out. We gonna have a little lunch. We gonna talk, and I'm gonna see <laughs> like take them through. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a, money. It's a vetting process. Like, you gotta see like where you from. Like, who are you? Who you say you are? Like. <laughs> Can I trust you? Can I can I come and vent to you? Are you putting a lot on this person right now. <laughs> it's just like, but it's simple because like the person's gonna do the same thing mm-hmm. in return. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, give, take. Mm-hmm. it's just like who you are, where you from. Like it's just really vetting that person to figure out like, am I gonna have to treat you like them, or like are you gonna be like my ace boom coon? <laughs> and that's a parable <laughs> word to use. Like, can you define what an ace boom coon is? You know, like just the person that comes. You know, like we we already see like when some bullshit happened, we out of yeah, already. We, we look at each other like that's some bullshit. Mm, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely know what you mean on that. I mean, it's, it's it's also like, and that just that's not even just black people. That's just anybody in general. Like I do that same thing to the Asian dude, to the Hispanic dude. Mm-hmm. It's even some like some white people still like are cool too. Like. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to sit up here in front like all white people are just like the same or all white people, Absolutely you have to not, carry yeah. like a certain character mm-hmm. around when you're with them. Um, there's some white people out there that where like you just, you can just be your regular self with them because mm-hmm. they just super cool. And I, and I, that's what the understanding, I guess, like I'm trying to get across, like it's just like all white people aren't going to be like the person you have to code switch around. Mm-hmm. You can definitely have those maybe one or two that you can just be cool with, chill with, and just be yourself with. But I'm, I'm definitely gonna say like I'm definitely more on my guard. I'm when definitely I, when on I'm my talking guard. to white people I'm as opposed to when I'm talking to somebody else. Because even if you do that with a black person, you kind of get like another chance to make up. If you like, yeah. okay, I'm not gonna do that again. But with a white person, you get you like, only got one, one chance. You got then one they're gonna shot. treat you like that you for the rest shot. of the time. Yeah. That you- and I, and I think that's just part of just the way that I was raised. I was raised to be very, very militant. I think I said it on here before, but like during Black History Month and during Martin Luther King's birthday, like I could not play my game. Like when I turned on the TV, it was going to have to be an Oprah special. It was going to have to be Eyes you. on the Prize. It was going to have to be the Malcolm X. It was going to have to be it was going to have to be Roots. Like I was going to have to read a book. Like it's about black people. Like I had to read I had to watch our friend Martin like I was raised so militant that like when white skin comes across my face it's automatically like alright I'm on guard what's good that's wild what's good that's so wild and that's the way I was raised Mm -hmm. that's that's wild though man just to just to hear that cause I nobody ever pressed that on me like it was really like because the household that I come from is like kinda like a mixed household we got white and black like everybody was kinda in one so I was raised on the fact that you just Everybody, you, you give everybody a chance. You don't trust anybody. It don't matter what their skin color looks like. But everybody, you know, you trust everybody until they give you a reason not to. Fact. 
you trust everybody until they give you a reason why to. But just as I grew older, I started seeing like it's not the same. Like I have to code switch, whereas my friend, you know, uh, uh, Dick over here, he doesn't have to. He walks Dick. into the workplace. <laughs> he's his. He's his self. He's his self. A hundred percent of the time, he's who he is in work and outside of work. Mm-hmm. I can't be who I want to be. I wish I could be that. You can't. And it's it, as bad as it sounds, it's true. You, you can't, can't handle that. professional Brian. You can't handle it. <laughs> they can't handle it. Can we? Can we hear just a small snippet of a? See the thing. Listen, what a professional thing, Brian the sounds is, like. The thing about me, it's hard. It's a little, a little harder for me to code switch because I have bass in my voice. So oh yeah, through like, and through. You sound like so. Like, it's just I, like I can't never sound white. Ever. Like you, I can't never sound white. Yo, no, I can hear you anywhere. Like you, you know, you know. This this dude is black. Like he's black, yeah. He's but um, you know, like it's just a little like it's Afro-American. Might, it, it might be a high. I say hi to everybody in the morning. I don't do that on the regular, right? Like if I don't know you, I ain't gonna say hi to you. Like I always have to say good morning to everybody just to make sure, let them know, like I'm in a good mood today. I know your name. Even if you see my face, now, yeah, I look like I want. Like, even if you see my face, like I'm good. Like just come talk to me, whatever you need. And I feel like I have to do that in my situation, like I said, because I have a more serious face. And that, you know, like, I can, I have a deeper voice. So, it's just like, nobody ever knows what I'm really feeling. But as long as I establish that good morning, how you doing? How's yeah, your day least, going? No, okay, you how was your yeah. weekend? Goes a long way. I ask all those questions on Mondays, all right? My Monday is, it's exhausting. But I'm like, all right, let me just make sure everybody knows that I'm good, okay? Mm-hmm. So, it's just like, stuff like that, that's what I do. That's part of it. You got to yeah. do it. Like, I don't, like, that, luckily for me, I just, I don't really look intimidating, to a lot of people, I'm always just naturally kind of just. I look like I'm friendly to talk to to approach. Yeah, that's you like just, it. That's the way I look Shout like. Shout out like, to you for your privilege. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, call it what you want. But I have seen some people in the workplace, and I'm walking around like I want to talk to them, but they <laughs> look like somebody shitting their cereal this morning. Like they look <laughs> visually upset right now. Yeah, <laughs> and you and talk I- and look when you go over and you talk to them, they're like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, because it's just focused. Like, my focus face is crazy. Like, it's like, my focus face is crazy. Like, I'm on my laptop. I got my back straight, 90-degree mm-hmm. angle at the knees. And it's just like, I'm ready. Not the knees. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Like, I'm in my zone. So, like, once once I take my headphones out, I got the smile on my face. Mm-hmm. What you need? What can yeah. I do for you? So, it's just like, it's not even it's not even that you're upset or anything. It's just people, that's what the assumption is. And so, that's why you have to put your happy face on most of the time. Bro, you got to go in and do the dog get, and pony show every Monday through Friday. Only time I put on the happy faces during the interviews. Like, once I get there on the first day, like, oh, it's yeah, just that's, like, that's, that's it's, rule it's of a thumb. Fall, like, that's, that's rule of thumb. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> what's the, what would you say the difference is between meeting people where they are versus dumbing down what you're saying? To relate to that person. Because some people say, like, oh, you don't speak the same around me because you try to dumb it down so I can understand you. <laughs> nah, I'm not calling you dumb. I'm not trying to dumb you down. I'm just re- trying to relate to you. So, what, what's your take on that? So, when I first hit dumbing it down, what I hear is a... Um, I hear... When, when I hear dumbing it down, the first thing I think of is a, me talking to a five-year-old. That's what I think about. So, when you dumb it down for a five-year-old, you're basically talking in baby talk for the most part. Meeting somebody where they're at, I think that's more so the different personas that we have as people, like, in a, in different settings. Mm-hmm. So, you're not going to be the same person that you are when you're at work. You're not going to be the same person that you are when you're around your homies. 
You're not going to be the same person that you are when you're around your family. You're not going to be the same person that's, that you're around when you're not with somebody. That's 100% So, when you're dumbing it down, when I first think of it, I think that's insulting somebody else's intelligence. Yeah. Some people would say that's saying the same thing, just two different ways, though. What you mean? Like, so, dumbing it down, like, so... You know, I, I went to school. We had a vocabulary words. I learned some new big words. I'm feeling, you know, okay. proud of myself. And I want to use these big words to people that don't understand what the big words are. So I'm going to you and I'm saying, yeah, uh, it's really with serendipity. And uh, I really feel great about it. If y'all didn't it. catch that word serendipity, it was on the podcast last week. I gave the definition. I hope you all <laughs> used it sometime this week. Um, he used it last week, so. I mean, it's just like, because a lot of people... I didn't know what that meant before I started you like obviously, but you use bigger words and people look at you like they get offended almost in a sense. And it so depends on who you're around. Then at that point, it's almost like okay, well I'm not gonna say this word because I know they're not gonna get it. So instead of saying serendipity, you say oh well yeah things just kind of fell into place like so to speak. That's kind of dumbing it down if you think about it. Like you're well, not like saying said, the word. like nobody's like you're the only one that I know that uses serendipity on like a regular conversation. Like you really just like threw that in there. Okay, so like, don't act like. What well, word like do you want? Per- pervasive, astronomical, astronomical. Plethora. What are we doing? Like, plethora is a good word. Yeah, like, but some people don't know what these words mean, and so you're not gonna go to somebody that that you you kind of know, like back in your hometown you grew up with. They probably didn't go to school. You know, they don't know what plethora means. Yeah, because I got that's not dumbing it down though. That's just like understanding. Like you probably like won't meet me right here. So, so let like, me meet you. Let me meet you where you at. Okay. Like it's just like I agree. I, I agree. Like personally, I think it's just a natural thing. Like mm-hmm. you don't even think about it. Like you just like that word doesn't even come. Like serendipity isn't a word that's gonna come across your mind when you back home with your homies because like right they don't have you're this, not even going to cross your mind. They don't have the same aspirations as you. So therefore, like let me just put this the way that they will understand it. And that's not dumbing it down. That's just like meeting them where they at. That's and, just and putting on that persona. I definitely agree. And I also feel like people can trust you more too because yeah. they feel like you can relate to them more. Yeah. Like it's it's all about relatability. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, I'm listening. Go ahead. So like I, I completely agree when you say that people trust who they can relate to the most. Yes. And that exactly. is why we, and that is why we code switch in the first place. In the place. first place. That's why we code switch in the workplace because because, because people it's just trust like people the people are going to trust you if you have more things in common with them, if you do the same things you do that that they do, if you uh watch the same thing that they watch, like mm-hmm. of course like it's going to be a connection that that is how you advance in the workplace. So that's not that's not up for debate. Like mm-hmm. when people trust you, they trust you. I mean, at the end of the day, like, that's 100% what it is. Like, you, you you meet people where they are. I don't talk the same around anybody that I meet. Like, okay, that's a lie. My friends and stuff, I talk the way that I speak. I talk around them a certain way versus it's different from the way I talk to people at work, which is different from the way I talk at home. All right, all right. So, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. So, down south, when you go home, yes. when you're back home in Alabama, do you talk? Do you talk to them the same way that you talk to us? To me? No, I start when I'm up here. I'm saying "mad" and "yo" and "son" and "dead ass." Like <laughs> words that I would never, like you would never hear those come out my mouth. When I was down south. Like people would be like, "What are you saying?" Or, or John or joint. Like people are like, "What is the yeah. John?" Like yeah. You see, it's different, and I'm not dumbing it down. It's just I'm being more relatable to different people at home. Like I don't curse in front of my family, my parents, my mom. Like. I'm always trying to be uplifting around my little brothers and sisters. Like, it's just a different way. Like, I'm actually more myself there. It's just like, 
I curse, you know, I, I curse. I do. That's what I do. But it's around y'all where I can do that. I feel more comfortable doing it. I just don't do it when I'm at home because you, you're different around different people. That's all part of code switching. No, that's no, that's a fact. Like I would never cuss around my parents. I'm never that comfortable. No, nah, my mom. That. Look, I, I look. I tried to sneak one in one time. We was just. It was a. It was, it was a song or something. I was in the car with my mom, and she says, "I said something." I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't give a damn," or something like that. And, and she was just talking to me, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, did, did you just curse?" And I was like, "Nah." And I had been doing it so much since I was in school, that I didn't realize I did it in the car. Yeah, with I mean, like that's that's the different personas that you have, though. Like it's just it's understandable. Like when you're if you're if you're well rounded in my opinion, like you just know how to adapt to different situations and that's perfectly fine. Like Take practice, man. I'm not like Take you willing. saw you saw it last weekend. Like when my homie from Chicago was here, I was using words that you probably never heard that I used before. I just sat back and was not yeah, yeah, you, like, like you didn't understand on four <laughs> I was pretending God. I was like, like I, it was just like I was pretending I was like, yeah, yeah like it was just like you something. I was using words that I probably never used around around you. So it's just like you adapt to mm-hmm. your environment that you're in. I think that's what make you a more well-rounded person. Hundred percent agree. But um, can we get to like understanding what 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 were you gonna bring up first? What were you gonna bring up? Well, I mean, I guess I was gonna kind of go into something that's been just. And this is something that I've been, that's been argued by everybody, not just me and you, but a lot of people say that when you articulate yourself and you're well spoken, that's quote unquote talking white. Ah. So I, I want to know what is talking white and what is talking black? Uh, is are you just well spoken? Like why? Why does it make you white if you just want to articulate yourself? I don't know. So this is a very like com complicated, very complex, um, very deep topic because it's just like, in my opinion, there is a such thing as talking white, right? So when you're talking white, and I and I say that because like when you're talking white. You're talking to a standard that's been established by the majority of society, which is white people. Yep. So they basically said that if you talk this way, you'll be more accepted you'll by be, yeah. us. So it's just like I do believe like people always say like you just talking like because I'm talking proper, I'm talking, I'm talking white. And I'm like, nah, you're talking white. And I mean that because I mean, they have established the social yeah, they, constructs they, of what yeah. is appropriate to be successful in this yeah. economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, facts, and it's just like when it comes to talking black, I just think that what's the definition of um, ebonics again? I'm talking black, <laughs> talking black. <laughs> that's gonna what you, that's what you're gonna find. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me Google ebonics. ebonics. Blackish or talking black? Yes. Or something about being black. I promise you, that's what it's going right, to be. Real quick, real quick. So ebonics by definition, Miriam says this again. American Black English regarded as a language in its own right rather than a dialect of standard English. So it's just like most Black people do talk Black from time to time well, or e- really... with, with ebonics. So it's just like it can be little things saying "ain't," "before," mm-hmm. "ka," dope. like stuff like "dope." <laughs> yeah, like it's just like it's or lit, lit like stuff like that. Like it's just like that's our language. So is it really like something? Is it really talking black? Like, is that real? Oh, I mean, talking white, talking white, or talking black? Is that real, or is it just what is it? Right. And when people say like, "Oh, you talking white," so is everything outside of that talking black? Like, what is it? Is it or is it just talking normal? Or what is normal? You see what I'm saying? Like, is and, it? And my whole thing is like, it's just code switching. Like, you're code switching in order. Like, when you talk the way that they talk, 
I just feel like it's you're using that to like you know advance yourself in society. So like I'm on the fence about it. I do believe that it is a way of talking white compared to talking black. Of course, I just feel like talking white is real because like this is something that's been established by the majority as far as like what's right and they've always established like what's right and what's wrong so it's just like when we talk the way that we talk it's already it's automatically wrong so it's just like why can't i don't know i I feel like my, my take on it is that i guess talking normal is quote unquote just depends on where you're from if that's how people speak where you're from, then that's what you call quote unquote norm. I don't think it's a black or white. The thing that I don't like is when people associate speaking, you know, articulating yourself and be able to tell a great story or something which black people can really do. You ever just been in the barbershop and somebody start telling yeah. the story? You for you really can that pitch should be animated. Story. That should yeah, be animated. I don't if if that's talking white and that's saying like everything that's not really socially accepted or quote unquote the standard is talking black. I don't like how that makes it look like we're le- you see what I'm saying? Talking black is less talking black is always seen as less than less less than instead of just adding on to the English language. Right. So I don't I don't like, like saying talking white and like, talking black. It's all it's all confused to me. I don't know. But with that being said, so just to kind of move it along, um would you say that code switching is necessary for advancement? Period. 100%, 100% man like and um, is that is that across the board or is uh, it just no that's across the board because it's just like uh, I think with code switching like white people are still the majority of society for now financially like yeah, on top of the food like, chain for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. yeah so it's just that when it comes to code switching it's just that like I said people trust the more that they can relate to you and that's just human nature period not even when it comes to white and black there's just people period like when it comes to trusting somebody really um knowing somebody they're going to trust somebody that they can relate to the most so it's just like because of my background because of where i'm from i come from an environment to where it's like majority black african-americans mm-hmm. that's it yeah so it's just like i know that in order to really like advance to really like build my network to really like find people that actually like me I have to act out of character I have to re- be able to relate to people that aren't from where I'm from you have to know how to adapt to that situation yeah, to meet those I, people where they are I think like people like Jay-Z are like a very a much better example like Jay-Z does not talk the way that he's rapping like when Jay if you look at earlier Jay's, Jay-Z interviews like it was a lot of slang it was a lot of mm-hmm. Ebonics used when he talked but when you when you hear him now, like, it's just today. like it's just it's just a whole different intellectual conversation that you having with them. A lot of inspiration behind. And you can talk. You can even talk to people like Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Like when Colin Kaepernick first got in the league, didn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. Man was like strictly like here to play football. But when you actually started to hear him talk, like it was like all right, like you about the people. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just different. Like it's just he cold switch in the sense that like he was there to play football. That's it. He yeah. was there to just be an athlete. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's what a lot of people think about yeah. athletes. It's just yeah, like, that's oh, a, play football, dribble the ball. But Don't then, open his, but you know. Then, but then he started opening his mouth and mm-hmm. being like, like it's an injustice. Like this is an injustice for how many people of color are being killed mm-hmm. every year, shot by police every year. Yeah. And then it can go the same. It can go the same for like people in the NBA, LeBron James. Yo, shout out to LeBron James. Hey. 
Shout out to LeBron Open James. Open the whole out. school. Man, Michael Jordan who? I'm sorry. Michael Jordan who? Hey, listen. I'm not even going to Michael Jordan who? Like, I bet, I've been saying that, though. Like, like, Jordan, like Jordan, Jordan never did nothing. Like, nothing. Jordan, Jordan had donated money to my first high school. I went to Hales Franciscan back in Chicago. And I appreciate it. But I appreciate it. But it's just like... Up to then, like it's just like Jordan been all about the money. Opening a LeBron opened the whole school. Yeah, he set up a program to where if you graduate from this school, you can go. But I, but I, my thing is, you got to think about it like his maturation process. Like you got to think about it. LeBron came out of, straight out of high school, right? Mm-hmm. He could have blew his money all on some other stuff, any and everything. But his whole thing was all about building something for the people that came from the same background that he came from. And it takes a lot mm-hmm. for a person to continue to be that conscious on how much money and that you get. And out of pocket, too. This yeah. is money from him. Yeah. What was it, like 50, 50, well, 50, 50 million out of his own pocket? Yeah, no yeah. sponsorship. And people nothing. don't even know like he actually contributed to the African-American uh, History Museum in D.C. Like, he actually put he money like, on that, he's too. He's actually like ranked as one of the highest donating, like, Players of all time, or something, or person, in, like. But but in that, in all of that, like you know, he had to grow and mm-hmm. cold switch because he came from the hood. Yeah, he could just play basketball. The thing, the thing about it is, he came from the hood. He came up with his homies. He gave all his homies a job, mm-hmm. and then I know he was in the meeting with white people. Yeah, where he had to like actually like understand the business of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you have to cold switch in that way in order to like make sure that whatever your money's going to, whatever you're investing in, mm-hmm. that it's actually for you. You're, you're good. Like you got to, you got to make sure that you actually are relating to people, Absolutely. and that's what money, I feel like. Yeah, the money don't make you. Like. Yeah, money don't because I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure all those donors to his high school aren't all black. Oh, hundred percent, they're not. Like, but he had the majority but, he, of but, them. I'm, but I'm sure he had to go to mm-hmm. them and sell the school to them. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this school doing? And it's not only because he's LeBron James, but it's because it's just like I can relate to you. Yeah. Like, can I count for you to be mm-hmm. on board? So it's just like stuff like that. Like it's cold switching all in that situation. Every that plays a role in every step of the process. The last person I want to bring up just on this, and this is somebody we probably should have brought up first. What we gotta talk about the forty fourth president? Ah yes. We can't forget Barack about Barack Hussein. Like he might be the master. The master cold switch. Outside my mom, you know she's number one. Barack Obama. What um what graduation was that where he sung uh, Al Green? Oh, <laughs> he's like right, yes, Al Green at one graduation. And I was like, sheesh. I was just, I was looking at someone like the, and he the, can't even sing, but he's singing. Nah, but shit. it was some Jamaican. It was at some Jamaican event. It was somewhere. another Jamaican yeah, event. Yeah, 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 he was talking about what some, some, some junk. When he was but, just <laughs> like, I think in that, in that, in my opinion, I feel like that is the master nah, of code switching. He did Like, he was to able to relate to everybody because he just was... Ken Peel did, like, a little short comedy skit on that. You saw the one where he was shaking hands? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what I'm that's talking it. about. When he was shaking hands, he dapped up the black dude. What's up, my brother? This to the white dude. He's just like, hey, how you doing? Like, <laughs> it's not that blunt, but it's just... But it's just, like, little things like that. Like, you don't shake people to... Like, cold switching is just that crazy the way you don't shake the... You don't shake that person, a black person... Clockwork. The same, the same way that you shake... A white person. It's because of the relatability there. Yeah. That's it. But so we just we just kind of dissected the whole code switching aspect because this is something that's been talked about a lot. A lot of people um, don't see the need to do it sometimes. But and then they kind of argue, you know, why am I still in this position? Why am I still doing this? It doesn't matter how much experience you have. It's all about the way you present yourself. Mm-hmm. People don't want anybody that's going to embarrass them at the end of the day. You can be Einstein, but Einstein got to know how to dress. Einstein got to know how to talk to people and yeah. present himself. Otherwise, it's just really not going to work out, especially in 2018. So, uh, that's that's really 
all we had as far as that whole code switching aspect. I love this topic because it's something that we actively do every single day and it's never going away especially as a black man in america i know that there are white people that have to code switch to we all have our different dialects of the same language that we speak but at the end of the day i think it's crazy if people would try to argue the fact that black people don't for, don't face this issue more than anybody else on the planet mm -hmm. and that's just point blank bank point blank period and that goes from <laughs> yeah i almost <laughs> didn't get that out i was the point <laughs> But that goes from just anything, just demeanor, the way we do things. You assume a lot of things. Like black people talk with their hands when they speak, when they got something black to say. Black people are the best story <laughs> storytellers ever. Yo, my sisters, I love my sisters because when they got something to say, <laughs> they say it. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we sometimes have to do a little bit of extra to get the same amount of work done as somebody else would. And that's just... The way America was set up, this way we deal with. It. I'm just curious to like figure out like how many people find cold switching exhausting. So like, if you want to comment, like we're ready to uh, answer. Like I think you can comment on the uh, SoundCloud link. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, if you all like have something to contribute to the conversation, want to add something on, like please let us know. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always ready to. I'm always ready to have open dialogue about cold switching because it's something that I still. I'm still like learning about, and I feel like it's a constant learning process. But yeah, if you like want to add something to the conversation, like please just comment. Let us know. No shit, man. So once again, this is Storm Batiste. And this is BA. And we are Made Men Podcast. Hey, this is episode 15. Hey, lock the fuck in. Y'all didn't hear us before. We are literally on the final countdown. Almost to the dub. So y'all stay tuned. Been doing this for how many? I don't even know how many weeks in a row now. I lost count. Hey, I lost count. I lost count. So hey, 15 weeks in a row. That's how long we've been doing in a row. So bringing you everything that we think every man should know, no matter if you're white, black, skinny or fat. These are the facts and everything that we think every man of the 21st century should know about savings investing dating and everything else in between once again if you enjoyed the podcast hit like <laughs> hit like please leave comments suggestions new topics that maybe you want to hear us talk about remember like this ain't going nowhere we pay made man podcast is here for the long run hey listen i'm dying because he said i don't know how long we've been doing this and we've been doing this 15 episodes in a row 15 episodes in a row I was to my terms of weeks uh, I'm sorry if you didn't understand that It, Yeah, uh, because we did do the promo video In between this And then we also took some weeks So we get our stuff 14, like, weeks, 14 weeks in a row 14 and a half weeks Thank you, Brian I appreciate you helping us get down to the science of the whole situation Thank you Um. So once again, we appreciate y'all listening We'll be back next week And uh, y'all stay tuned Alright, man, see y'all next week Peace I'm so pretty, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get it.